Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. It's 107 in Edmonton. In this hour, more with Mark Spector for the horses in Horse Racing Alberta and from Horse Racing Alberta in about uh, 37 seconds' time. Uh, their president, CEO, Kent Verlick will join us, give us a bit of an update on the rollout plan moving forward for HRA and the horses. At 135 today, Jim Playfair, the Oilers' associate coach, who uh, headed up Edmonton's number two ranked penalty kill. The Oilers at the top power play in the NHL, number two ranked penalty kill. It's funny how the arguments go for awards. People bring up, well, you know, they got all their points in the power play, so that doesn't count. Uh, anyhow, we'll get to that conversation with Mark Spector momentarily. We'll tell you, second hour of orders now is brought to you by Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Keep texting us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. To our River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, and we are pleased to be joined on the line by the CEO of Horse Racing Alberta, Kent Verlick. Kent, it's Bob Stoffer along with Mark Spector. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. Uh, thanks for uh, asking me to join you in your show. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, we got a little bit of uh, guidance yesterday from Premier Jason Kenney, who uh, certainly referenced uh, the long history uh, that uh, horse racing has had uh, in the province. And I know that there's around 700 people, uh, give or take a few, that are employed in the actual industry. Um, sort of take us through what occurred here uh, once the pause and the pandemic t- uh, took case uh, took place uh, across the province including places uh like century downs and that sort of thing what, what sort of challenges did you have at century miles century downs and in other uh smaller markets in the horse racing industry as a result of the shutdown well that's a that's a good question a tough question to answer too i mean uh we had just started off in uh, january with a few races there was a couple cancellations and then uh we took a break in February, uh, and then we were starting up in March, and we got through our first two standard bread race days when all of a sudden all the uh, racing entertainment centers were closed, which essentially meant that uh, we were shut down from racing. Now, with that said, we had horses. Uh, all of the standard breads uh, were at uh, Century Downs. They were already stabled there, so and they were deemed to be an essential service, as were, by that time, we already had many of the thoroughbreds at Century Mile. So... Uh, and kudos to Century Casinos for their work there because they kept those horses there with uh, the trainers and the grooms and uh, continued to look after them from March 17th until we finally opened up just this last weekend, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, with our first standard bread race at uh, uh, Lacombe, track on two. So during, during that time, you know, I, I think a lot of people were quite concerned that there was a lot of uh, uncertainty in the industry uh, for some of the our horsemen, you know, they're, uh, this is their entire livelihood. And uh, without a way to make money, they were concerned about, you know, 
what would happen this year and what would happen to perhaps even the industry. But uh, we, we, we kept in touch with all of our stakeholder groups. We would have a weekly teleconference with about 26 individuals on the phone, just giving them updates as we continue to navigate through what it would take to get us up and back to racing. And sure enough, three months later, here we are. So in a normal thing, uh, a normal sport where the athletes are humans, they just, you know, the NHL just closed their doors and all the athletes went home. And I know they've sanitized the dressing rooms and all that. Now they're waiting for it to come back. When your athletes are horses, uh, it's different, right? You still have to take care of these horses. You still have to board them somewhere. You still have to, you know, to take care of their well-being. What, what did you guys do for two and a half months uh, when you can't just send your athletes home and, you know, let them take care of themselves? Well, as I say, I think... Uh we had probably close to a couple hundred horses at Century Downs and probably pushing more like three or four hundred at Century Miles. And so those horses were being, you know, and, and I mean, these are equine athletes, but, you know, these are also animals that their trainers and the grooms and the owners, I mean, they love these animals. So they were, they had to be cared for and fed and trained and exercised and loved. So that's what happened. I mean, uh, we kept them probably just under race ready because you couldn't really over-exercise them. You wanted to just keep them fit as good as you could. And so that's what's happened. Now, in some of our, uh, <clears throat> with our B tracks located in, you know, Rocky Mountain Turf Club, which is in Lethbridge and in Grand Prairie and at uh, Evergreen Park, and I just mentioned the track on two in Lacombe, you know, the horses weren't there yet. So there was a lot of debate about what do we do? Do we open up for training or do we wait? A lot of the owners in those cases may have kept them on their own farms and trained them there, but uh, as I say, a good, good percentage, high percentage was at Arch Century Tracks, and you know they did a great job allowing that to happen, and uh, we can't thank them enough for all their support. We're joined by the CEO of HRA, Ken Verlick, Bob Stauffer, Mark Spector with you on Oilers Now. Ken, tell me this. Uh, uh, I know the, the Premier uh, attended one of your events this past weekend. He talked about it a bit yesterday during his availability. What's the plan moving forward for horse racing in Alberta? When does thoroughbred racing begin again at uh, Century Mile? And how can, uh, how can fans uh, watch and wager if they can't go into the actual venues? Right. Well, our, our next race day is actually, again, this Sunday, both at uh, track on two, but also Century Mile. They're, they're starting up again. Uh, now, they're probably not in a situation to take, you know, uh, several thousand spectators in. So I believe they have reservations that they're taking so people can come into some of the restaurants, etc. But uh, in the interim, there's this, uh, it's a website and an app. It's called HPI Bet. And uh, at hbibet.com, and there you can watch all the races will be shown, and you can also bet on them. So we'd encourage some that you know choose not to try to go out there because, as I say, there's probably not going to be a lot of capacity at this point. You know, they're planning to open up more as we go here. This is their first weekend, so I think they want to make sure that you know they got everything working. They want to check their plans to make sure. Uh, it's 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 effective. Well, we know it's effective. It's been in place, but just to make sure that they're running it well. So now, so that's our next two races, and that's this weekend. Like I say, on June 21st, then on Monday and Tuesday, uh, there's live racing at uh, Century Downs. The Standard Breds are there. Uh, our other two tracks, the one in Grand Prairie, uh, Evergreen Park, they open up on July 11th, <clears throat> and Rocky Mountain Turf Club. Their first race date is in the fall. They're, uh, unfortunately, their spring meet 
was canceled due to the pandemic, but they're opening up on September 5th. Now, are the casinos, uh, I know there's issues with opening up casinos. They're doing that very rather slowly. Will your casino be open out there? And, and tell me this, like, you know, your regular handle that you get used to, people come out there and, and take part of the gamble at the casino, they bet in the races, uh, you got some people betting from home. You know, how long can you, does it take for, for Century Mile to get its handle back up to where it's supposed to be in months like July and August? Well, you know, we're all learning, so, but I don't think it'll be long. I mean, uh, you know, we're still doing about 65% of our overall handle as it is with HPPI, and that was without any live racing. And uh, from what I understand, um, we've done a lot of work in the last year working on strategies and ways that we could increase our field sizes. So we're thinking for sure that those are going to be higher, and that's always good for handle. So I think I think they'll be able to get their handle up relatively quickly. Of course, the sooner that people could probably come back to the track, maybe the better it would be. But I think, with, as I said, this HPI bet, that uh, people can still enjoy it from home, watch it uh, live, and, and still participate that way. Uh, you know, and I don't know if you were talking about the slot uh, operations that they have at each of the racing entertainment centers. So they're open, but, of course, they are practicing social distancing and other uh, Alberta Health Services protocols and guidelines that are put in place. So they're not going to be running at full capacity yet either. But, uh, as I said, I think, uh, I think times are... Things are looking a lot better than they did three months ago. Let's put it that way. And we hope that if we do this right, we'll continue to improve and, and attendance can increase and we'll be able to handle it uh, successfully with what we put in place. Kent, thanks for joining us here on Oilers Now. Best of luck moving forward. Thank you very much. You bet. That's the CEO of Horse Racing Alberta, Kent Verlick, Bob Stauffer, and Mark Spector uh, with you. You know, Mark, it's interesting because you have different industries that have been affected. And, uh, you know, here's one where, uh, and there has been some contentiousness, uh, historically speaking. You know, the HRA governing body, obviously, Ralph Klein was a big supporter, uh, came from a horse racing background. Uh, there are a lot of people that are uh, employed in this. There's a lot of people that have time. For it, there was a time before uh, casinos opened up in the province in the early 1990s that horse racing down in Northlands was the only way you could bet, uh, at least legally. And uh, you know, things. Uh, I'm just thinking when I worked at most sports parlor, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but you know, it's it, it is intriguing to see how they you know they can gradually get back and the the companies that are going to succeed the most, Mark are the ones that are the most innovative moving forward. And uh, the fact that they've got uh, the HPI.com set up uh, for fans to wager at home has obviously already been a windfall for them. It's shown that they've been able to you know, retain part of their handle during these very challenging times. So it's an interesting story to watch uh, going forward. Do we still have Mark on the line, or did we lose him? Yeah, right here. Sorry. I don't know how... Uh... I don't know how old off-track betting is, but it's been around for a long time. And I can yeah. remember when it, when it came in and track said, look, you know, we need people to be able to bet from home. And, and there was a big hue and cry. This was, I'm going to say this was probably before they privatized liquor stores, Bob. Yeah. And it was a big deal. And, oh, how can we let people bet from home? And, you know, now you look back and you go, there was an industry that was way ahead, right? That was way ahead of the curve. Like, they were betting from home years and years ago. I had going to say... I wonder if it was pre-internet or not. I'm not sure about that. But a long time ago, 
and they have the infrastructure now to, you know, where other other places are starting to figure it out. The horse racing industry was doing this a long time ago. You talked about, you know, not having access to restaurants, as, as many restaurants at Edmonton than maybe you could in Vegas. There's an equalizer in that, and it's called DoorDash and Skip the Dishes. And you look at, you know, there's some companies out there. Uh, one of them is not a, an advertiser in the show, but the, the Joey Group with uh, Local, they were very assertive in having sort of a grocery tie-in to the products that their respective restaurants provided. And uh, that's, an, that's a potential equal equalizer for a market like Edmonton moving forward. We'll take a quick time out. It's 118 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector with you on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you for the horses and horse racing. Alberta Mark Spector. It's a Tuesday. This is Oilers Now. All season long, the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, want to wish you and yours the best and to stay safe during these challenging times. This text message comes in saying, Bob, Dreisaitl winning the heart on our Ashley Fine Floors text line would be a travesty. Having Dreisaitl above Ryan Smith on an all-time Oilers list would also be a travesty. Uh, He did not put his name uh, to the text. Uh, I respectfully disagree with you, okay? That's all there is to it. Uh, You're entitled to your opinion. Uh, Ryan Smith was a very good Edmonton Oiler for a long time. Scored 39 goals one season. 20 of those goals were on the power play that year, by the way. Um, had multiple 30-goal campaigns in the NHL. Never led the NHL in scoring and never was up for a Hart Trophy. Spec, uh, this is in relation, Global TV did a, a you know, a, an Oilers all-time all-star team where you had to list six forwards, and I listed the four Hall of Famers, uh, Gretzky, Messier, Curry, and Anderson, and then McDavid and Dreisaitl as the top six Oilers forwards in history. So I think that's what they're referring to. Uh, in fact, Kevin Carius also had the same, I think he had the same six forwards as me. So I would have had Doug Wade ahead of Ryan Smith, frankly. Uh, it, it would have been tough, but uh, maybe I would have had. I might have had Ryan Smith ahead of Duckway just because of longevity. <laughs> just because, just because of longevity. But I would not have had Ryan Smith above um, Connor McDavid or Leon Drysaddle. Your thoughts? Oh, I mean, there's no, you know, in terms of skills and speed and, and production and all that stuff. Ryan Smith was never that guy. You know, Ryan Smith isn't. He wasn't. He wasn't a hundred point guy. Wasn't a fifty goal guy. That wasn't. He wasn't that good frankly. But he did a lot of other things that endeared him to others' fans. Yes. He gets he took your heart. You know, the way he played and and you always look for a guy who's got dry saddle skill that plays the game uh, the way Smitty played it. And then I think he'd have the perfect player. I'm not sure that player ever existed, Bob, but if he did he'd be the perfect player. Yeah, there you go. All right, uh, the draft. Uh, we talked about this briefly in the first hour of the show, Mark. Uh, do you recall where you were June sixteenth, nineteen ninety? Oh, June sixteenth, nineteen ninety. It was a Saturday. Were you were you recovering from a really nasty uh, hangover that day? Perhaps. Yeah, there's a chance to that. It was a, it was a if it was a Friday night in nineteen ninety. It was in June. Uh, the orders the draft. Where was the draft that year, Bob? Oh man, I don't even remember. I just remember okay. who they I, I, they had eleven picks and not one guy got a game in the NHL. Yeah, that wasn't a very pretty draft. Yeah, they did win the cup that year. 
And in fairness, uh, Glenn Sather no, and Barry Fraser. Hold on. Don't tell me this. They drafted so deep that that they didn't have a chance to get good players. They no, 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 no. There were there were there were like three guys. They drafted 17th. There were three guys at 18, 19, and 20 that all had like 800 to 1,000 game NHL careers. They had a ter- uh, well, I think Martin Brodeur was one. Let me just now you're going to have to. Uh, let's just go. Scott Allison was the Oilers' first round pick that year, Mark. Hey. Yeah, yes. They had a bunch of bad picks in a row. With as well as Barry Fraser drafted at the beginning, uh, it is it is just a fact to say he probably drafted that poorly at the end. Okay, so Allison went 17th. That was the Oilers' pick in that draft. 19th to Winnipeg was Keith Kachuk. Okay, he played 1,200 games in the NHL. Broder went 20th to New Jersey, and Boston got Smolinski, and he played 1,056 games. <laughs> so. Three guys that played north of a thousand games went nineteen, twenty, and twenty-one. Even Sean Antosky, who was a tough guy, was Antosky the guy trying to? Re- oh no, it was Alex Stoyanov. Remember Martinorti? Yeah. Uh, Martinorti beat the living snot out of Alex and Mart. I played against Mark growing up. He well, guys were scared of him. Him and Ian Herbers were just these man childs, right? They were both like six four, six five, and Tenorti was really good. And he was really tough. I mean, one of his first fights in the NHL was with Bob Probert, and he took some shots and didn't go down in that fight. So, anyhow, the draft is hugely important. And this year's draft, you know, Mark, we'd normally be talking about going into the draft right now. It'd be like a week away. And it's I know. it's crazy when you think about it, isn't it? But we don't even know when it's going to be. That's the weird thing. Like, you know, you don't know. Let's say you're a kid that's going to get drafted. You know, where do you buy a ticket to? Where is the draft this year, Bob? I forget. It, w- it was supposed to be in Montreal. Right. So, I mean, we don't know where it's going to be. By the way, we Mark, when are the awards? Go to it. When are the awards? Do we know what the, what they're doing with the awards? We don't know. We don't know when the awards are going to be either. No, they wow. they needed to get the voting done before the playoffs started because that's a tradition, and you you know you don't want playoff performances to change people's eye on a player, opinion of a player. Okay. So they got the awards voting done, which is a hurdle. But no, we do not know when uh, all of that stuff's going to fit in. There's going to be. What do you think, Bob? How long between the end the, the awarding of the Stanley Cup? And the beginning of next season? 45 days. I think the league needs all of that. Yeah, minimum 45 days. So let's say we're done October. Mark, first of all, let's establish if we're lucky enough to play again this season, if we're lucky enough to conclude the season, that's because the players still got to ratify everything here. If we're lucky enough to play the season, we get done by, say, October 7th to the 15th at the latest. Uh, at least a 45-day break before training camp. So training camp would be in December, and we come back and play in January. That's my guess. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. And, and think of all the things you have to get done in there. you got to get free agency done. you got to get your draft done, right? you got to get your – You go. where do we usually go? We do, the, we do the awards first, then we do the draft, and at the draft there's a bunch of trades. Guys clear cap space, they make some picks, then free agency comes. Now we have yep. arbitration. You gotta get arbitration done. Right? It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. A ton of work, a ton of machinations that have to happen in a forty five day period. It will not be a time when hockey writers like you and I are taking any time off, Bob. Yeah. Well, that's all good. 
Well, All right, Mark, you take too much time off anyways. No, I'm like not you, looking for it. I'm just saying we'll be, it, the show will be good because there's going to be trades and news and stuff, go signings going on every day, man. We'll have lots to talk about in that 45 days. Well, I, I hope so. I hope that's the route we're going. I hope we get a focus on that fun stuff instead of the more serious stuff that we've been dealing with for three-plus months. Mark, thanks for your time. We'll hook up next Tuesday, okay? All right, Bobby. For Horse Racing Alberta, that's Sportsnet Spec. Mark Spector from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Coming up at 1.35 today, Jim Playfair, the Oilers' associate coach. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.